It's everyone's favorite day of the month on this show. It is time. We have talked about it all month long. Today is the day. It is time to decide who KREF Recruiter of the Month is for the month of January. Favorite day of the month, at least for me. And we're going to need the text line's help on this one. Uh, We are really, like, you and I can cast a vote, but we're going to go to the text line today to find out who KREF Recruiter of the Month is, Parker. And uh, as I see it, though there were no official 24 or 25 commits in January, officially maybe one silently in 2025, right? All three uh, come via the transfer portal. And I, I look today, I think we have three assistant coaches in the running for KREF Recruiter of the Month in January. We have, the nominees are, Bill Biedenboe, who got Garen Hatchett just a, a few days ago. We have Joe John Finley, who got Jake Roberts via the transfer portal earlier this month. And we have Miguel Chavis, who landed Caden Woolard from Miami of Ohio also earlier in the month. So you guys know what to do. 405-651-3439. Who is the KREF Recruiter of the Month? We have to award this thing today. What do you think, Parker? My vote goes to Sir William E. Biedenboe. <laughs> Sir William E. Biedenboe. It's going to be hard for me not to call him that uh, from now on. The Honorable Sir William E. Biedenboe receives my nomination okay. for the Recruit of the Month. This would be his first such distinction, would it not? Well, and I thought that too. Now, in the last day, on the last day of December, the last show that we were on in December, whenever that was, we awarded KREF Recruiter of the Year oh. to Todd Bates, right? Did we did we have an oversight? I don't think we did in the month of December, but if we retroactively go back to that month, wouldn't it be Biedenboe because he got Eddie Pierre-Louis in the month of December? This is his first official uh, KREF Recruiter of the Month award if it happens today, but he probably should have gotten it back in December. It's been pretty unanimous so far on the text line that Biedenboe is the guy for January, and I submit that Bill Biedenboe, the Honorable Sir William E. Biedenboe, should retroactively receive <laughs> KREF Recruiter of the Month award for the month of December 2023 as well as January of 2024. So on this day, January 31st, 2024, I propose that we name Bill Biedenboe the back-to-back KREF Recruiter of the Month. William Biedenboe! The only thing better than one KREF Recruiter of the Month award is two KREF Recruiter of the Month awards. And uh, Bill B. is leading the vote right now. From the 806, Bill B., 580, Coach Bill, uh, Coach Bill B., Jim and Casper says Bill 303, hands down Bill B. Philbert says Coach Bill B gets my votes. Ardmore Sooner says got to be Biedenboe considering how important retooling the O-line is. We want Biedenboe to have some confidence moving forward. And then there's one from the 918 says I need more results first. No one wins this month. So someone from the 918 is trying to say nobody gets KRF Recruit of the Month in January. All right, look, I my vote is for, uh, for Sir William Biedenboe as well. But Caden Woolard's pretty good. He is. Why no consideration for Miguel Chavis from no, he, you in the text line? He gets line? consideration. He gets consideration. But Caden Woolard is the only addition you made on the edge, which is a position all told, Tyler, where you already had good depth. And, again, we talked about it earlier this month when it happened. The Sooners didn't need 
Caden Woolard. He's a great player, and he's a luxury. He was not a necessity for Oklahoma. Offensive line was undeniably, unambiguously a necessity. You had to have more offensive linemen, especially more experienced offensive linemen. Fair point. Bill Biedenboe took that challenge. He accepted it. He ran with it. And he landed a fourfold group of transfers, all of whom are going to be in legitimate contention for starting roles next season in the SEC as Oklahoma looks to replace all five of their incumbent starters from 2023. Sooner D says Bill frickin' Biedenbow. Cherokee Sooner says Biedenbow. He's saying it like old uh, Ted Lehman. 918, it's got to be Seth Luttrell. Two offensive players, one defensive player. He gets the nod. If uh, I mean, I, I guess you can give Latrell partial credit to that, but I think the other assistant coach is a little bit more responsible. Oh, when did Deion Burks commit? It was December, right? Wasn't, was he one, wasn't he one of the first transfer portal commits that OU got? I, I'm pretty sure that was in the month of month of December when that one happened. You could be right. I got to look back. I got to look back. I got to verify. Uh, yes, it was December. Okay, so there you go. But yes, Bill Biedenboe to me. Gets the award for the month of December by virtue of landing Eddie Pierre-Louis, the number one offensive guard in the nation, per rivals. And he gets the nod in the month of January for landing not only Garen Hatchett in the latter stages of the month, but obviously earlier this month he scored Michael Tarquin as well. Well, congratulations to the Honorable Sir William E. Biedenbow. And, dude, I thank you for saying it that way. Because when I put out tomorrow morning, KREF Recruiter of the Month for January, on the KREF account, it will read the Honorable Sir William E. Biedenboe. And the photo attached to it, as always, with Bill Biedenboe photos, will be electric. It's gonna, I cannot wait. How electric are we talking here? Uh, I is mean, it take be, your pick. Is it going to be him photoshopped onto a member of parliament? Yeah, I, I think the possibilities here. It could just be a regular photo of Bill Biedenboe. And that's going to be fantastic as well. Greg from Lawton says, Big B, uh, 918, Bill Beaton, take a bow, Bo. So, yeah, I think, what are we, about 98, 99% all saying that uh, Sir, the Honorable Sir William E. Beatonbow will win uh, January K Ref Recruiter of the Month. And I'm not going to tweet it out into, until tomorrow because this award is for K Ref Recruiter of the Month in January. Apparently, we have a silent commit that's out there. It's not public just yet. What timeline are we looking at for the silent commit being made public? Is it going to happen at the 11th hour tonight we have to re-vote? I, I will be honest with you, Tyler. I don't know precisely when it's going to be announced. And I'm not really counting on it being anytime soon. At least not imminent. So I think it's going to be a while before that particular silent commit goes public okay well it's it's uh it's it's a silence it's a commit nonetheless i guess he told the the staff this weekend allegedly that uh, he's he's all in 909 says hopefully coach b coaches up tarquin who wasn't very good at usc slim brady says burks greater than epl jones uh greater than sign bill biedenboe and uh yeah sooner d says absolutely had to have it and the big man came through Yes, he did. I think um, I think when we're talking about uh, Garen Hatchett, we are absolutely talking about someone who could be in your uh, starting lineup next year on the offensive line. 
Is that the case for all three of these guys that we just talked about? Like, Jake Roberts will definitely have a chance to start. Yep. Garen Hatchett will absolutely have a chance to start. Yep. Caden Woolard, a good player, but he's just at a position with a little more depth than the, uh, the other two players we're talking about here. But he's certainly got the potential to start as well. Sure. And, yeah. again, I think that is the case for the majority of Oklahoma's transfer class. Not everybody. Not everybody. But the majority of these guys are guys that are going to come in and at least have a very good shot an opportunity to make a run at a starting job. And that's the way you kind of wanted it to be, turning the page from year two to year three. You wanted to be, to, to bring, you didn't want to be bringing in depth via the transfer portal. If you were going to bring in transfers, you wanted them to be guys that had the capacity to start immediately, and the majority of these guys, at least the scholarship guys, do for Oklahoma. Guy from Parts Unknown says, I'll take a shot here at pissing everyone off. That's a great way to start a text, right? Oh are, you, are, are you in here? Oh, boy. Portal doesn't count. If you recruited well, retained, and developed, you wouldn't need a transfer. Uh, not necessarily true because Bill Bedenbull wouldn't have as immediate a need for transfer additions if he hadn't had two guys forego their remaining eligibility to enter the NFL draft. They're both at the Senior Bowl this weekend. Well, not only is Tyler Guyton at the uh, at the Senior Bowl right now, but Ooh boy. I hear the five stars from Tuesday's practice. Here's the guy that's impressed me the most. Tyler Guyton showing some uh, that, that potential that we talked about for, for a long time with him. Sounds like he's showing out, out there at Mobile right now. He, he's going to be a first-round pick. He'll be a first-round pick. At this rate, yes. At this rate, yes. And I wonder if he is impressive enough at the Senior Bowl I wonder if he even bothers doing a full pro day because I think with what his draft stock already was and will be, assuming he holds serve the rest of the week at the Senior Bowl festivities, he probably just pulls an Anton Harrison, does the bare minimum, completes a couple of drills and tests that the scouts would like him to, but probably doesn't go through all of the motions on pro day if he continues to turn heads this week. So what that'll be back-to-back first-rounders for old uh, Sir William E. Biedenboe in the NFL draft? Back-to-back first-rounders. I was told he sucks. Well, it it is a big recruiting class for him just because of all the uh, elite targets on the offensive line that are out there and who's Who's probably the most well-known target that OU has on the offensive line? Got to be Michael Fasusi, right, at this point? Got to be, yeah. I would say so. Him or Lamont Rogers. And did he did did Fasusi end up making it in no. for Junior Day this weekend? Okay. Well, that could be seen as a bummer. I I kind of look at it as, and we're always going to go back to this at least at this time of the year. It's still really early in the recruiting process. Michael Fasusi, I think, will not only make it back into Norman probably soon, but probably make it in several more times before he decides. Fair? Absolutely fair. We're in January. And Oklahoma's two and a half hours from home for Fasusi. So, yes, you would figure. I would I would venture to guess that before he commits anywhere, he takes at least three more visits to Oklahoma. Yeah, that's, that's probably. And that bodes well. That bodes well, I would say. And for Fasusi, we've been talking about OU in Texas since, what, the, the fall of, of last year, right? Mm-hmm. M- maybe Missouri's entered the picture after that awesome visit that he apparently had. Do we still believe it's OU in Texas, or do we have to add more names into the mix right now for Fasusi? I think you got to throw Missouri in there, mm. much Ugh. as it pains me to say it. Got to throw Florida in there. Florida is a school that Fasusi, I believe he is visiting there this weekend. 
He's had a lot of interest in Florida for quite some time. Uh, has not gotten the opportunity to make that trip yet. So Florida's in the picture as well. But it's really about OU and Texas. Those are the two schools that have kind of set the pace. Two more texts before we hit a break. Anyone who badmouths Coach Bill is a closet Texas fan. 580, any word on Justin Harrington on his medical red shirt? He's, he's going to get the medical red shirt. There's been no official word, but he's going to get the medical red shirt. Yeah, it, it feels, feels like that's going to be the case, but it's like, come on, NCAA, let's go. Stop trying to hammer Tennessee and all these other yeah, well, schools. Shoot, and the NCAA's got bigger fish to fry because they're getting hit with a lawsuit right now. So, All right, hey, appreciate all the interaction as always for KREF Recruiter of the Month. We take this thing seriously, even though I will Photoshop – Bill B's face on an epic photo tomorrow and, and tweet it out. We do take this seriously. So Bill B and Bo K Ref Recruiter of the Month. How about this as we go into break, okay? Because okay. we got some tickets to give away, dude. I don't know if you heard, but there is a rather large basketball game tonight at the Lloyd Noble Center right here in Norman. Number two Kansas State is in town. The OU women, they are all alone in second place in the conference. So, pretty simple here. We, we, we normally go with the trivia question. Um, just text in, I need tickets in all caps. You have to text in like softball, Steve. It has to be in all caps. I need tickets. And during this break, we'll give away some tickets to the OU Kansas State women's basketball game tonight at the LNC. 405-651-3439 to win those tickets and to interact on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. More Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Congratulations to Mark Weldon. Mark was the first to text in, in all caps, I need tickets, I need tickets. Mark Weldon wins four tickets to tonight's OU Kansas State women's basketball game. I wanted to give them, or at least two of them, to Tyler from Kellyville, because Tyler texted in, I need a natty, in all caps, which, same, same, I, I, I need a natty as well. Thanks Don't for, we all? Thanks to uh, everyone that uh, participated Via the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Are we giving away any tickets to the ref bowling extravaganza tonight? We talked about that last year, and I don't know why that didn't become a thing, but we were going to give away uh, like entries, like be able to come to the KREF bowling night with us. I don't, know, I don't know what happened to that, but my goal is to make that a reality next year. By the way, is your... Is your wife any good? Is, is she a good bowler? Because <laughs> I sure drafted her. She has already informed me that I need to let you all know you're not allowed to haze her oh, no. about her oh, no. bowling technique. Oh, no. She says it's quite unorthodox. <laughs> oh, I've never It's unorthodox, but does it work? That's a good question. It, I guess we'll find out. Was, didn't, um, have you seen the bowling style? I, did, did, was, it, was it started like New Zealand? You know, those guys that just the, like right a around, two-hand scoop? Right. That's unorthodox, but it works. It so, does, but it's because it's because those guys want to maximize the spin on the ball. See, my philosophy on bowling is kind of the opposite. I want to minimize spin because I'm left-handed, and something about being left-handed, man, just whatever you're doing, whenever there is a ball of any kind involved, like you just generate a ridiculous like, – it was great when I was a baseball player, sure. right, because I could throw a fastball and it would never go straight. It would always have a foot of – arm side run on it but when I'm bowling even if I'm not trying to put spin on the ball if I'm not very careful about how I release it it ends up spinning way more than I wanted to and it ends up in the gutter so I've developed a technique where I I I have the capacity to just kind of minimize the spin and as long as I aim it properly generally 
I'm keeping it between the gutters. And as long as you're keeping it between the gutters, you're going to be a pretty effective player. I took Rebecca as a mid-round selection. I thought, she's in the military. Uh-huh. She's athletic, you know, maybe yeah. may, may, maybe that uh, goes to bowling. I, I guess we'll, we'll find out tonight. She is athletic, we'll but she's out. not very competitive. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this to Toby. But, you know, she rolls an early gutter ball. She might just mentally check out, like, mule shoe and still water a couple <laughs> years back. I'm I'm really going to have to work hard to manage my team tonight. I'm really going to have to work hard. I'm not going to be running up and down the bowling lanes like, uh, who's that guy that used to be at OU, now he's at USC, and he runs up and down the sidelines waving that towel the entire time? Is it Cesar? Uh, is that his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, if, what's his if that's, name? I don't want to have to do that, but if that's what I have to do to get my team motivated tonight, I might. By the way, you know what I found out today? That it's Had- Clark Stroud's birthday? <laughs> and... I, I think I found this out because it's Clark Stroud's birthday, and I saw that on Twitter. But I found out I am blocked by by, by Clark Stroud. Yeah! I didn't know that was yeah, nice. First off, I thought Clark Stroud nice. got off Twitter after oh. his departure. I didn't realize he was back on. Not only is he back on, but I am blocked by Clark Stroud. Did, did, does that not feel good? You know, like there, there was a thing on social media, I think last week, like list someone you're proud to be blocked by. <laughs> if you would have known it at the time, you could have put that one out. That's all. Dude, I'm happy for you. That's really cool. I'm really, really happy. For Tells you. me he listens to this show. <laughs> I, I would not advise him to listen to this show or the two hours before it, man. I would not advise that. Um, th- this is this is random, I know, but I'm going somewhere with this. Okay? OK, let's hear it. If you weren't going if you didn't do this job. What, what, what would you do with your life professionally? Like, what, what career would you go into? Like, for instance, I, I'd like to think if I didn't do this job, I'd be out chasing tornadoes with Reed Timmer. Okay? That, mm. Maybe that's the profession that I would choose if I wasn't in this gig. What, what comes to mind to you? For me, my backup career plan, if you will, and I never really had to take it seriously as a backup plan because, thankfully, my desired career path did work out and has worked out. But my backup career plan was to be a session musician. Whoa. Move, move, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, move to somewhere like Nashville <laughs> and be a session bassist. Okay. I didn't say I, I would go chase tornadoes with uh, Reed Timmer, who's awesome and a big fan of the station. You would be in Nashville playing at the third level of random clubs and, and bars there on Broadway. That's what's yeah, happening. Pretty okay, much. so none of us, neither of us, would be trying to seriously impact the world and impact <laughs> people out there like Walter Rouse. He had an interview at the Shrine Bowl, yeah. what, today, yesterday with Jane Slater? And it's, hey, Walter, like, it looks like this football thing is going to work out for you. But what do you want to do life after football? Well, um, I've got a degree in Stanford in biomechanical engineering. I'd really like to use a 3D printer to create organs so people wouldn't have to wait on the list for organs. And we could just 3D print organs for them to have instead of waiting in line. Are you, are you kidding me? I knew this guy was smart. Um, he was one of the more, he was one of the more favorite interviews, I think, by the media this year. But that's what Walter Rouse wants to do with his life after football. He's he wants to 3D Im- print organs, synthetic organs. He's a very impressive human being, and it doesn't take long. You spend any amount of time around him, it does not take long to figure that out. He's Jeez. a very impressive human being. Gosh, I mean, it's you know, you ask that question to anyone, and well, you get two different answers like us. But to 3D print synthetic organs. 
That's a. Uh, I I hope that works out for him, man. That talk about changing the world. That'd be, that that that'd be awesome, man. So uh, props to Walter Rouse. He's playing in the Shrine Bowl with Drake Stoops tomorrow night, seven o'clock on the NFL Network. We do have another Junior Day coming up this weekend. Another big visitor list, and one that I meant to get to yesterday, but we didn't have time. Is the number one player in Arizona, Cooper Perry who OU is recruiting as a wide receiver, one of those final coveted wide receiver spots. Yep. I did see a crystal ball in recently for Oregon. Yeah, so, but it's Tom Loy, so. Doesn't count? <laughs> I don't know. I just like feeding the text lines preconceived notion about Tom Loy. But, no, I, I, I to be honest, like Tom's good at what he does for the most part. He is, as like – this is a hard industry to work in because of how fluid things are and how much things change. And the people who do it uh, don't deserve to get slandered for one missed prediction. I know this as well as anyone because it's happened to me with Missouri fans. Mm. It obviously happened to Tom over the whole Peyton Bowen saga. But, yeah, Tom's generally a pretty reliable source of information. That said, I'm not putting a ton of stock into that Oregon crystal ball yet. Just cause, Look, I, I talked to Cooper Perry Monday night. There's a long way to go in that recruitment, and it is we are we are a long ways from the finish line. He's visiting Oklahoma this weekend, as we know. He's considering Arizona State. He's considering UCLA. There are still programs that are kind of considering jumping on board with an offer, haven't yet. But it feels like this is not a recruitment that's going to come to an end for at least another three or four months. Yeah. So, and look again, it's it's early, especially when. You've got a visit on tap like this weekend. Like naturally, things could absolutely change for Cooper Perry and his thoughts after he visits Norman this weekend in the month of February. I mean, that's would not be the first time that that's ever happened where there's been a big change of heart early on in the uh, recruiting process. Still, no update on Lincoln Cure if he's officially going to make it in or not. I, I don't know. Really Holding hope that hope. happens. Hold not hope. Actually, I, I hope he doesn't visit Norman. I hope he just travels with the basketball team out to UCF. Uh, uh, yeah, for the uh, OU-UCF game in Orlando this weekend. Why is that? I'm kicking ball too, man. Can jump out of the gym. Saw him throw down some ferocious dunks a few weeks ago on social media. He's crazy athletic, man. And you and I share the opinion that he's our favorite recruit so far in the uh, 2025 class. So yes, that, folks, w- that would that, be big news if he makes it in. That is what a five-star looks like. I will be dumbfounded if we get to the end of the recruiting cycle and Lincoln Cure is not a five-star. Barring injury, I don't think there is any way he is not in five-star territory when the 2025 cycle wraps. Cherokee Sooner says Tyler could revive the George Lopez show and take over for Ernie. <laughs> Did you ever watch the George Lopez show? I have not watched the George Lopez show, but I know this is a parallel that some have drawn. Well, yeah, and I've never, I've never watched it either. I was just walking into the garage in Midtown OKC, our, uh, our hot spot there, and normally when someone says, hey, you kind of look like blank, they might stare at you for... 15, 20 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. it, it might take some time to say, you look like this. Some guy I've never seen before in my life walked out the door the same time I was trying to walk in, and it hit him instantly. Parker, this whole exchange didn't last more than about three seconds. He said, hey, you look like Ernie off the George Lopez show. Didn't know who Ernie was. Didn't watch the George Lopez show. Googled Ernie from George Lopez and thought, mm, that's, 
That's not the most flattering. Not the most flattering uh, thing I've ever heard it, in my th- life. That guy must be a George Lopez show super fan if he was that <laughs> quick to make that connection. Yes, man. It must have been on the mind or something. Um, Greg from Lawton says that explains so much, Parker. You wanting to be a musician or would have been a musician in uh, in Nashville. Why? Why does that explain? So what does that explain? Greg from Lawton says that explains so much, Parker. I have an uncle that's a choir director. Good old Uncle A. He the man. OU Architects, as many people in many times have said, I look like George Lopez. (laughs) (laughs) Better than Ernie, you win this round, OU Architect. I'd rather look like George Lopez than Ernie, trust me. Sounds like we can reboot the show. Keep the cast in-house. 405 Lincoln Cure should be BV's alias. Yeah, we we, we talked yesterday about where Lincoln Cure's name would rank among the all-time great Sooner names. Elvis Peacock is number one. General Booty recently is really good, but Lincoln Cure would be uh, would be somewhere in the top ten for sure. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Still a lot to talk about with the 2025 class. We'll take a look at the transfer portal and what's going on across college football as well right here on The Ref. 25 and 26 offers continue to go out like crazy for the staff. Saw a, a number of 25, 26, and... I think at least one 2027 offer was put out today. So OU doing their work, doing their work in the state of Florida. And, yeah, I, I did see an offer. I think it was for 26 in the state of Florida. And, of course, what, back in the 2023 class, I think OU had maybe its best class ever in the state of Florida. Did another really nice job with Eddie Pierre-Louis, Jaden Jackson, David Stone. I know David Stone's got Oklahoma ties, but he was – High school in the state of Florida. The state of Florida will continue to be a big emphasis uh, for the staff, and I, it's it's easy to see why, man. I mean, there are years at Clemson there. They developed some really nice relationships at Florida. I don't think that's a two-year thing, man. I mean, R. Mason Thomas and their first staff, right, from the state of Florida as well. I think we'll continue to see, what, three, four players, right around that number of uh, players every single cycle from here on out. The Sooner staff wants to have – a steady presence in the state of Florida. Now, I'm not convinced that you see a ton of Florida, maybe, maybe not any Florida dudes, in the 2025 class just because you already have so much of that class committed. It's a smaller class, and the Sooners have already made very strong inroads with a bunch of dudes that come from the local nucleus, Oklahoma, Texas. You go up north to Kansas and to Missouri, Even to Nebraska, there are a few players that they're in very strong standing with. But 2026 and beyond, especially with the move to the SEC in the works, yes, Oklahoma and Brent Venables and Jay Valai and Todd Bates, all those guys that have existing ties down there in the state of Florida, yeah, Oklahoma's going to live there more than they have in the past. Uh, This was big in the state today, big news in the state that was, uh, I don't know, broke a couple of hours ago or so. The OSSAA has made a decision on Jaden Nickens' eligibility. With a 4-1 to vote, the board approved the motion to, anou- to allow Nickens to play for Douglas after his previous hardship waiver was denied. So Jaden Nickens is slated to make his debut this Friday night against Victory Christian. And for a guy that's also a really good basketball player, that's, that's, that's big news for him. That it is. And, yeah, he's... That uh, that transfer has been kind of a weird deal. Yes, it has. The last couple of months. But glad to know that he's been clear that he's going to be able to 
hit the hardwood because basketball is that kid's first love. Um, and I remember, it's, I don't know if I've told this story on the air yet, but first time I ever ran into Jaden Nickens, he was in eighth grade and he was at OU for a basketball visit. And it was after a football game. He had visited for basketball, but he had come to a football game. This is back when Lon Kruger was still the coach, right? Like 2021? That would, Yeah, that would have still been when Lon was the coach. Jaden Nickens was in eighth grade. And he uh, he cornered me back behind Dunham College, and he's like, "Hey, how do I get a uh, how do I get my basketball profile updated on twenty four seven? He he already had like five or six Power Five basketball offers at this point, and I looked at him and I was like, "Man, is basketball all you play?" And he said, "Yeah, basketball's my thing." I said, <laughs> "Okay, okay then." He's a guy that, even then, very obviously had a football, like, wide receiver sure. type of physique. So I filed his name away. Uh, I think it was Auburn, Ole Miss. He had some SEC offers in basketball. Very obviously going to be a high-end basketball prospect. But filed his name away, kind of tracked him, and then it wasn't a shock when, at the end of his freshman year at Millwood, I saw the football coaches had convinced him to get on out there and throw the pads on. By the end of, <laughs> by the end of his first spring he had already picked up FBS scholarship offers on the gridiron. And then obviously about a year and a half later, he was committed to Oklahoma. So uh, that's been that's been a fun little story, fun little narrative to watch unwind for Jaden Nickens. What year did you say that? He was in eighth was, grade? This would have been the fall of 2021. So, okay, so three years after that conversation, he's taken a pick six back. Yeah, in a state championship game. So I guess Crazy. I guess actually he would have been a freshman. He would have been a freshman in high school at that point. Yeah. Okay. So right around three years, less than three years, he's taken a pick back for a touchdown in a state championship game. Yeah. So that was that was my first exposure to Jaden Nickens was back behind Dunham College after an OU football game with him and a couple of Millwood buddies. And you got it uploaded on twenty four seven Sports his basketball profile. Did I get uploaded? I got the basketball okay. profile updated. Good deal. Uh, I should I should have taken a picture. It would have been a fun memory to have. Uh, like this is the first day I ever met Jaden Nickens back before he ever played the game of football. But uh, yeah, glad to know he's been cleared and that he's going to be able to hit the hardwood for Douglas. Uh, let's see. You have um, Nate Roberts was watching as Jaden Nickens was taking that interception back for a touchdown. Nate Roberts yeah. and the Washington Warriors won that game, but Nate Roberts saw that play and feels like every single week he's got the head coach of a major college football staff in his home or in Washington. Yep. Um, you, you, had, um, you had Ryan Day and staff in yesterday for Nate Roberts, Penn State, James Franklin. That staff was in recently. Dan Lanning in Oregon. I'm sure Brent's been out there recently. It's, it's, it's been a who's who uh, early this year at Nate Roberts' home, man, with some big-time head coaches out there, but... Yeah, Ryan Day came along with uh, with the tight ends coach at Ohio State. Why am I blank? Uh, Brian Hartline was was out there as well. So OU's after him hard, but there are some Big Ten programs that are really after him after him hard as well. And we know that he's a good player. He is one of the best tight ends in 2025. He's the second best player right now, according to rivals in the state. The size is elite, but what makes Nate Roberts one of the best tight ends in this recruiting cycle? His ability to go make plays down the field, 
Is he an excellent blocker off the edge? Like, what, what is it with Nate Roberts that truly makes him elite? He's just exactly what you look for at the tight end position. Plus size, plus, plus athleticism. He can make plays in the passing game. He's nasty as a blocker. Every single box you want a tight end to check, Nate Roberts checks it. And perhaps most importantly, he is college ready. A lot of times with tight end prospects these days, you get guys that are either a little underdeveloped physically or they've got some bad weight to cut. Nate Roberts is a physical specimen when it comes to the tight end position. And so there is nothing that you need to add to or knock off his frame. You can plug him into a collegiate offense right away and he's going to contribute. So I think the readiness, the college readiness is what really makes Nate Roberts stand out as a prospect. A couple of things across the country. Christian Thatcher, who we were talking about late last year, is maybe a big-time backer target for OU. You said maybe that's an OU decision to back off a, a little bit from yeah. the Vegas and, uh, Vegas product, and he's being crystal balled to uh, USC right now. I saw that. I'm not convinced he goes to USC. Think Oregon? I, I, I would say Washington right Washington. now. That's where my future cast is. Um, Arizona was his first Power 5 offer, if memory serves me correctly, and he has had relationships with that staff for a long, long time. He's going up there on a visit this weekend. So I know USC kind of has the uh, the trend right now. Maybe that's a little bit of a case of post-visit high. He was in L.A. last weekend. I still think in the long run, Washington's going to be a tough team to beat. I missed this late last week, but... You and I were talking early last week about, hey, Texas feels really good about Jamar uh, Jabbar Muhammad from Washington, one of the best players that's currently in the portal right now. And I think we're going back and forth on, I thought he already made that official. I thought Jabbar Muhammad had already announced Texas. It looked like it was going to go Texas way. Oregon got in at the last minute, and Jabbar Muhammad, I don't know if you saw that from a few days ago, I did. is now uh, heading to Oregon. So that's that's a big win for the we Ducks, man. We love seeing Dan Lanning stuff Steve Sarkeesian in the locker, don't we? Yeah, well, it happened here. It, it definitely happened here. And, you know, it's great. Like, OU has its recruiting rivals. Like, Texas is and will always be OU's biggest recruiting rival. I think you go head-to-head for A&M, obviously, on some targets as well. But now that Oregon has hired a coach with Midwest Roots, like you're seeing OU and Oregon probably more than ever go head-to-head. And like, they didn't go head-to-head for Jabbar Muhammad. That's not what I'm saying. But especially kids in that Kansas City area and some other kids across the country, OU and Oregon, I'm not saying they're recruiting rivals, but you're seeing them go head-to-head a lot more than you have in, in recent years. Yes, you are, and you will continue to. This is an interesting text from a 405 listener. With how we're recruiting the tight end position, you think we see more 12 and 13 personnel? Gosh, when was the last time you saw Oklahoma go 13 personnel? Uh, I mean, like <sighs> 2004... They are like I formation running downhill with Adrian Peterson, you know, throwing the play action bomb down. The, but thirteen personnel, man, I don't even, I, I, I don't even know. Off the top of my head, there were maybe a couple of occasions, a couple of occasions in goal to go situations in twenty nineteen where they ran thirteen personnel. But again, I'm pulling that from the very obscure recesses of my memory. Offhand, it is not that easy to think of any instance in the recent past where Oklahoma has gone 13 personnel. Nor nor do I think that in this day and age in college football, 
it's something that is going to be used frequently outside of goal line scenarios and short yardage packages. I'm sure it's it's happened in the SEC over recent years, but the SEC, th- though it's still a really good defensive league, I still think it is the best defensive league. The offenses are certainly better than they, than they were 10, 15 years ago. Um, I just I don't think that OU is going to turn into what some people remember about SEC offenses from 12 to 15 years ago. OU's still going to do what they do offensively, and I think that's a lot of up-tempo, up-tempo offense with the uh, new offensive coordinator, two, two new co-OCs that they have this year. So don't expect OU to be three yards in a cloud of dust moving forward in the SEC. I don't think that's going to be the case. And you don't want that to be the case when you have the upside of a guy like Jackson Arnold. What if that's the Seth Luttrell offense next year? Boy, that we're, we're all expecting us all. it to be bombs away with Nick Anderson and Deion Burks and Andrell Anthony, and Oklahoma comes out the gate in SEC play, and it's Xavier Robinson run, carrying the ball 30 times a game from the I formation. Hey, they might actually win time of possession if, if they do that. Spring game, come out in five wide the entire time, don't run the ball once. Throw it the entire time. And then when the season starts, <laughs> run it 55, 60 times a game. There you go. 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to your text and more Cruton as well right here on The Ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune, Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno bringing you this hour. Their low-pressure environment creates an enjoyable experience for everyone at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC. Their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. They have all of that and incredible pricing as well. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. To the text line we go. 580 says Gresham, Eldridge, and Joe John were on the field together a few times. So like, uh, what, 06, 07 then? Probably. Last time we saw that. 918, what happened to Brian Odom from USC? Well, he's no longer on that USC staff to my knowledge. I don't think he's found a, a new job. A- apparently, he wants to go somewhere. He's got a son that's a really good baseball and football player. They've been moving around a little bit, right? They were at Missouri. They were at Oklahoma. They were out in L.A. I think Brian Odom wants to find a spot where maybe he can be at and kind of settle down a little bit with his family. But to my knowledge, I don't think he's landed somewhere, unless you know something I don't. I do not know anything that you don't. I thought about making a Missouri joke. I thought better of it. Yeah, I really hope he didn't go back to Missouri because I really <laughs> like Brian Odom. Would you Would you have to disown him if he took a job on the Missouri staff? As a guy that, at least when he was at OU, because he and Teddy are, are, are buddies, so he mm-hmm. to, used to listen to the station quite a bit. I'd have to put that behind me and say, yes, I would have to disown wow, him. Wow, that's back how to deep Tyler's hate runs for Missouri. I yes. First in line for, for all this new Missouri hate that's with these OU fans. I, I tried to tell you guys. Okay, let me let pose me you a different you question. Let's say Eli Drinkwitz goes 3-9 and nine next year and gets fired at the University of Missouri. But then he lands a job as an analyst on OU staff. No. What? <laughs> no. Are you, no. Are you serious? Absolutely. You can bring his Crocs to Norman? No. No hashtag Crocs to Norman is going to happen with Eli Drinkwitz. I absolutely not. There's going to Boycotts. come a day, and it probably won't be Drinkwitz, but like, I just can't wait for the day that someone that this fan base just absolutely positively hates 
ends up on the staff in some capacity. What if it was Muleshoe? Would there be at least like a oh, funny, like, <laughs> he left as a head coach? And now he, yeah, I know. He won't be either. But if he had to come back as an analyst because that was his only option? He'd go to Texas Tech before he came here. <laughs> uh, well, he could, might go to East Carolina, back to East Carolina before, before he came here. Jonah, Jonah Williams, one of the you know, most high-profile recruits that we're going to talk about in 2025. Excellent baseball player as well, but he's a top-ten player right now nationally. Skip Johnson really helped out OU's recruiting efforts in 2024 with Taylor Tatum and James Nesta. Uh-huh. Can he be a big factor here as well with one of the best defensive backs in this class? I firmly believe so. I think if Jonah Williams ends up a Sooner, you will see him slash hear him cite Skip Johnson as an influence in that decision. Because what we've seen from Skip time and again, man, is he's a really hard guy to say no to for recruits. Really hard guy to say no to. And I think it's just because he's straight, he's honest, he's transparent. You know that the Skip Johnson that you see is 100% genuine. There's not an air of falsification or misrepresentation about the way that he presents himself. And recruits value that. J.P. Sooner says Tom Herman, junior analyst at Oklahoma in 2026. <laughs> junior, if he has the title junior analyst. Hey, good point. Uh, good great. point from a 479 listener. Drink was born in Norman. It's inevitable he'll be back at some point. No, he can't. No. <laughs> some say you can always go home. Yeah, everyone except Drink. He ain't allowed back here. No, thank you. Go away. Go somewhere else. I don't. I don't want Drinkwitz here. But the, the whole three and nine thing that you threw at me—that that, that does He'll sound take rather that, nice. Huh? Yeah, that that part does sound nice. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.